Hey, what's up guys? Welcome back to Life on the Wrist. Hope you all are doing well today. I'm not much of a gossip, but holy cow, did this 5711 with an like olive green dial hit just about every single social media page I could possibly see. Um, we're going to be talking about a watch that was selling at uh, Antiquorum. It's a very, very in-demand watch, and unfortunately, um, Antiquorum posted a picture where you could actually see the name of the individual who who owned the watch or the watch was uh, originally uh, sold to um so as as it goes with social media and the internet nowadays people did a crazy amount of research to go to find this and were very upset about this individual who basically flipped this olive green 5711 so um i thought i would just talk through everything that happened give you my thoughts on it um and maybe some some final thoughts about just like watch inventory levels and and secondhand market prices. I think it's worth sort of going over because um, boy, did this uh, was this a crazy uh, crazy couple of days for probably the the individual, but also just for watch Instagram. Um, so let's talk about it. So uh, to give you an idea, just the backstory about this all. Uh, Anticorum listed a lot. It was lot number one fifty-two um, of a watch of a, a watch that they had um, at their auctions at the Monte Carlo Hotel de Paris in Monaco. And this watch was a Patek Philippe Nautilus, reference fifty-seven eleven dash one A, with an olive green dial. This was one of the earlier references. Or earlier references. This was. Um, a reference that came out earlier this year, or I guess a version of this watch that came out earlier this year, um, and obviously everyone is trying to get their hands on it, unfortunately, because of, um, I guess, just supply issues with Patek Philippe and the fact that they don't mass produce these watches, it's very, very difficult to get your hands on one of these. So a very, very in-demand watch. The watch itself was factory sealed, so still in its original packaging, um, came with everything, box papers, you name it. Um, so Anticorum listed it for sale on, in one of their auctions. It was estimated to go between 60000 and 180000 US dollars. To give you an idea about what this watch retails for, it retails for about 35, let's round up, 35000 US dollars. So $35,000 original purchase price, um, upward bound, upward estimate of 180. So a huge, huge excess in flipping this watch. Um, so one of the things that a lot of people were talking about with this was the fact that this was basically just a play to make a little bit of money. You know, you buy it for 35,000, you sell it for whatever you can sell it for at auction. Um, what ended up happening though, is this watch sold for over 490,000 US dollars if you include all the buyer's premiums that are related to selling at auction like this. So a $35,000 um, investment, $490,000 total price. So in excess of, of uh, a 1,000% um, margin on this watch. So of course, everyone was outraged that someone could flip this piece like that. But there's a little bit of extra drama that sort of goes into this, which I think is why it really created such a stir. The original pictures that Anticorum posted, um, there was an image of the original 
certificate of authenticity from Patek Philippe. And what you can actually see is the name of the original owner um, in one of those pictures. And the original owner's name was Gregory Powell. And so obviously Antiquorum noticed their mistake, took the photo down and replaced it. But that obviously didn't stop anyone from taking up some sort of image of this of this um, mistake by by Antiquorum. And so this is all this became hugely this spread all over the internet. Instagram went crazy about it. And um, people started trying to figure out who Gregory Powell was and how he got his hands on a 5711 with an olive green dial, but also why he would flip it um, only a couple months after receiving it. Um, so uh, that's sort of the backstory here. As you can probably imagine, there are a lot of different angles that you can go about this. I'm just going to sort of start where start where I think is logical and then go from there. So. Um, I think the first thing is 5711s with olive green dials are extremely difficult to get your hands on. And so if you do get your hands on it, a lot of the times you have to be a very special person uh, to your Protect Fleet authorized dealer, etc, etc. Um, and I think that's where a lot of the outrage sort of stem from. Uh, the fact that a 5711 is a very, very difficult piece to get to and you're, you decided to buy it and then just flip it and not even enjoy the watch. Um, which I think is where some of the outrage came from. Um, but I guess the, the question that you're probably asking is how did this Gregory Powell end up getting a hold of this piece? And so, of course, the internet went, did their research and found that Gregory Powell was the son of um, a woman who was the owner of a Patek Philippe authorized dealer that now isn't, um, isn't in... Um, isn't running currently. I think it closed in May, but they were an authorized dealer of Patek Philippe as long as many other brands. They are based in Barcelona, but they have locations in, in London, as, uh, a location in London as well. And so you have, um, so I'm a, what I'm going to assume is his, his mother was able to get a hold of it and she gifted it to his son. The gifting part is totally me making this up, but I would imagine a 5711 with the olive green dial would do something like that. Um, so he definitely had the means to get to get a hold of it. What I don't know is if he is truly a collector of watches. I would imagine if his mother was involved in it, he probably has some sort of idea about it, but I would imagine that a collector getting a hold of such a difficult piece um, would probably keep it and, and enjoy it a little bit longer uh, instead of sort of flipping it and, and, and making a ton of money. Um, kind of building off of sort of who this individual was and how they ended up getting a hold of the watch. I have to say, um, sure, I think people, if you disagree with something that someone else does, I can see where your animosity towards the situation comes from. But what I don't think is cool is figuring out all this about this individual and saying that he, he you know, swearing at him and saying how how dare you sell this watch at auction uh, and make a, a, a payday and, and have a payday based off of just you know flipping this watch unfortunately and I, I think this is something that you know even I have to work on this but I think it's important that one understands when one is jealous I think and I know that sounds very blunt but 
the reason why collectors are so upset about what Gregory Powell did with this olive green 5711, the reason is they want that watch. They really have, are looking for that watch and they're a serious collector particularly and they want to add it into their collection, um, but they just can't get their hands on it. Um, and they wish that they were Gregory Powell who was able to own that piece and then, and then you know, he ended up selling it, but they would have kept it. Um, and I think knowing one's knowing that one has jeal you know everyone has jealous tendencies and just accepting the fact that that is the case is I think an important one um, you can disagree with someone's uh, decision but you don't have to make them feel bad for the decision they made they made the decision because it's their own um, so I, I, I think the whole all the hate that this individual sort of got um, is understandable, but is it acceptable? I don't think so. Um, that's just my opinion, though. You can have you can have a differing opinion for sure. Um, so I did want to just put that out there. I know that's my 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 nice thought of the day. I guess is to to accept the fact that someone else can make a different decision than than you. But I think the next logical thing to talk about is how can a watch be bought for thirty-five thousand and sell on the second-hand market for forty or second-hand? It was factory sealed. How can it sell at auction for four hundred and ninety thousand U.S. dollars? There has to be something wrong with the system if a steel watch is selling in excess, way over a hundred percent margin. Um, and I think that comes down to the problems with um, really watch watch inventory levels and production. There are many examples of watches that are very, very difficult to get to. The 5711 is just one of them. It's very difficult to buy them new. And um, when you get it, when you are able to, when you're in a position where you can get a watch like that, um, it puts you in a very unique place um, to, to, to own that piece. Um, so it's very difficult to get your hands on these pieces, right? And I think it comes down to the fact that watch companies are not supplying authorized dealers with the volume of watches that they need. Now, one of the things that I know, if you think about it from an economics perspective, is if supply outweighs demand, you're able to charge a higher price, right? If there's more supply than is demanded, um, the, the price of that piece would diminish. A lot of the companies that produce these really in-demand watches are... Um, companies that first off probably cannot operate at the, the the levels of demand that they need to produce but also are watch companies that need to um, maybe take a little bit more time with the production of their pieces and so I don't know I'm speculating here but perhaps they are operating at full capacity I don't think well who knows maybe the watch community has um, has uh, shrunk um, but you know, if you think about it conceptually, maybe back in the day everyone needed a watch, so everyone was purchasing watches. But now, um, less people need watches, less people have watches on their wrist. But that makes that means that the the watches that are specific references that everyone loves, those are the really in, in demand pieces, and so operating just is a little bit off for those companies. The problem with that is there is then if, if you know your authorized dealers cannot get a hold of these pieces, these this sort of secondhand and gray market is basically where people turn to because you're able to get pieces 
that authorized dealers are not able to supply or you're not able to get on some sort of wait list or preference at an authorized dealer to get that piece. And so they turn to the secondhand market because the secondhand market may have a little bit more, a couple more uh, watches in it and um, there's more opportunity for you to, to find the piece that you're actually looking for. With that though, that means that author that secondhand and, and and secondhand dealers in the gray market can actually charge higher prices because, oh, authorized dealers can't get them. So we are really like the only supplier of these watches that are available. Um, and so, that is what you know. That then creates a uh, basically a, a perfect storm of of uh, insane prices for for the watches that people are people are looking to get. So this, I, I think, this is a very common discussion that everyone talks about. Why the why are is the secondhand market so? Um, why is the secondhand market sort of creating this pricing bubble? And why do authorized dealers and the manufacturers have so little brand for watches that everyone wants? Unfortunately, this is just a sort of a reality that we're living in right now. I don't think that there's going to be a way for companies to publish details on the amount of watches that are going to to produce and I don't really see them ever creating more watches if I'm honest. I don't see them increasing their inventory levels because why would they do that? They've got such an in-demand product, let's hold on to it. Um, from a company perspective, if you think about it from an enthusiast perspective, maybe that's a little bit short-sighted. Um, but I think this is a great example of where this whole discussion comes from. Um, you know, this is a watch that every single Patek Philippe or, or sports watch lover really, really wants, but they're unable to get it. And so a watch that sold for 35000 a couple of months ago now went for almost half a million on, let's call it the secondhand market. There's something wrong there. <laughs> you know, you, you added a bunch of zeros to, you added an additional zero to the end of the number just by, by putting it on the secondhand or, or, great mar or the secondhand market. So, um... I think there's so much that you can discuss when it comes to this. I, I hope I covered a couple of the things that are sort of on the top of my mind. I want to end this video just to reiterate something that I said in the middle of it. I understand completely. If you if you really really want to watch and you can can't get a hold of it, you cannot get a hold of it, and you see someone who's able to get it and then flips it and doesn't understand the whole concept behind this really beautiful piece that you really really wanted. Um, when you see that, I, I know the, the feeling that you get. It's a, it's a, it's, um, comes from jealousy and it comes across aggressive and a way, in a way that you're basically judging them for the actions they took. And if I learned anything, you should never judge anyone for the actions that they take. You can have a differing opinion, but you don't have to tell them that you, that you, um, you know, how much you think that they made, they messed up and they're not respecting the watch and, and, and you're not respecting collectors by doing this and you're, um, uh, you know, continuing the cycle of inflated uh, prices on the secondhand market, et cetera, et cetera. I think you can just hold your tongue with those things, have your opinions, um, and, and, and just accept that, you know, he was in a fortunate position, he got a hold of the watch. It's unfortunate that it wasn't, um, it wasn't the decision you would make. Um, but I think knowing that and, and maybe just pulling back a little bit and, and thinking about your actions a little bit is, is an important part of this. I know it was for half a million dollars, but I guarantee the owner of this new 5711 is uh, over the moon. And I can imagine that they're, if they're participating in, in the Anticorum auction, they're probably an enthusiast and probably looking 
um, to add this watch to their collection to enjoy. Yes, it came at a half a million dollar, um, half a million dollar um, premium, but uh, you know, I'm sure that they're going to enjoy the watch uh, as much as they can. Um, so, uh, congratulations to the new owner. Um, I hope Gregory isn't taking too much public hate. Um, people have really dug into their lives, looked into the the owner of the, you know, his mother, and, and documented all of that. I, I really hope that that they haven't received too much hate. The 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 watch uh, gallery that they have has is obviously um, you know, closed their doors. But I'm hoping that you know they don't receive too much too much hate. It sucks. I'm a collector. I I wouldn't have done something like this but you kind of just have to accept it and move on. Hopefully you'll get a hold of your 5711 with an olive green dial soon. Um, I'm not holding my, holding my, uh, you know, I have my fingers crossed for you, but it might, might be a little while before you do that. Um, but, um, you know, using, this was basically an investment vehicle for this individual and um, it is what it is at the end of the day. You can't do anything about it. And if I've learned anything, you can't really influence his decision. He made the decision to flip it, and that's what, that that's that, really. So, I hope you guys enjoyed hearing about this olive green Patek Philippe Nautilus that belonged to Gregory Powell that sold at Anticorn for over a thousand percent margin. It is what it is. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. So, if you want to talk to us about this, be sure to hit us up on our social media accounts. We're on basically any social media. You can, you can find us there. But you can also head over to our website and you can send us an email if you'd like to talk more about it. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, I think we're going to create a video about this topic. I think it's worth going over on our YouTube channel as well as creating an article for our website. So if we do do that, I'll put links in the show notes of this podcast so you can check that out. Be sure to follow this podcast. If you like this type of content, we create podcasts about watches so be sure to follow us so you're the first one who can listen to our podcast if you wouldn't mind rating this it really help us out the feedback is always greatly appreciated be sure to check us out on our social medias as well as our website where you can find more content from us and with that said guys thank you so much for listening to this podcast and until next time